0: back. We'll be right back. good minutes is back zealand and ben finally finally crowned as co-hosts i'm really really happy to finally add you to the team and i think you're gonna you're gonna make a huge difference for this podcast (sighs) overall
1: tell you what annoys me i forget that that's how you intro this every time so it's always just a big surprise when i'm like oh yeah i'm still part of the team fantastic yeah gives me back viewers uh keep getting invited back as the regular guest on 20 good minutes it's good to it's good to see you good to see you all in a way I'm sure they've missed us. We've been absent without leave for a little while. Um,
0: let's kick off as normal. What have
1: you just been eating?
0: Well, it's, <laughs> we've, we've essentially, our, our standard operating procedure is we get in a call, start talking. The moment we start talking about something that interests one of us, we say, hold that thought for the recording. We start the recording, and then we go back to talking about whatever that was, yeah. which in this case is I coughed. Right, and then Ben asked why. I coughed, and I said it's because I've been eating freeze-dried banana slices, and they're rather dusty. So ah. provide your thought, th- th- which is a true statement. Freeze-dried banana slices, very good. I'm assuming nutritious. I honestly have no idea. Your thoughts on that situation.
1: Well, you've added the word slices. I envisaged a frozen banana <laughs> being either, I can't use any other words, listeners, F- licked or sucked. But that's not what's been going on, quite clearly. Is it? Are they frozen as you eat them, like ice cubes?
0: They're not. No, they're not frozen. So they're freeze dried. So it's basically. Ah, I, I so, okay, really gotcha. don't know how to. They're 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 not banana chips, because they're very puffy and dry mm, and kind of like there's like banana dust all in the bag. Uh, but it, but it's good because when you pop them in your mouth, then it kind of tastes like the sweetness of a banana, but with a different texture.
1: Interesting. Mm. And as it's in America, they've probably pumped all sorts in as well. Like it oh, sounds sure. quite natural and quite oh. organic but yeah actually let me I doubt let me it. see
0: no if it, there's a lot of zeros in the back of the bag i'm hold i'm holding the bag right here uh there's a lot right. of zeros in the back of the bag um i'm rocking per serving 11 percent of my daily carbs that's quite good really <clears throat> no it's not bad 15 percent of my daily potassium's in there we've got no total fat saturated or trans uh, or cholesterol, or sodium. I mean, these are pretty... wow. You know, so it, it, under the ingredients, and this, I think this is rather hilarious, the ingredients section says ingredients colon bananas. And that's is it. it. Just, is, is that it? Yeah. Tell you
1: what, very healthy. So this, I is
0: actually, this is actually, mm. I'm pretty sure it's probably made not in America, honestly. I'm a, so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm yeah, a big believer in adding a bunch of uh, unnamed chemicals to everything that I eat because that's just part of my national identity. Do you Fun. have
1: a lot of frozen-based or freeze-dried fruit, or is it just banana? Because I'm a big fan of banana, but I've never had it freeze-dried.
0: Yeah, now I, I I love banana and peanut butter, and that's usually like a combination that I'm eating probably once every other day in one way or another. Or I'm making smoothies same. and I'm throwing bananas in. Just a big banana guy.
1: Yeah, the... same. I'm saying I'm more of a traditionalist though. I like the, the you right. know the regular banana.
0: And, and I promise we're gonna talk about soccer, football later in this podcast, but. <laughs> For now, yes, they do have freeze dried. Uh, there's a whole section. It, it. It. I live next to a Trader Joe's, right? So there's a whole section. Trader it, Joe's. Tra- it's Hang a. It, yeah, it's a grocery ah, a store. Ah, grocery
1: store. Mm-hmm. Yeah, understood. Gotcha.
0: And they have this whole section with freeze dried fruits in them. So I tried watermelon. Bad. Not good. Oh no,
1: that's, um, it's pretty tasteless anyway. Watermelon.
0: Yeah. So it was just. It was like watermelon jerky <laughs> or something. It was not good. The bananas like are corn. fantastic. Like I, I bought one bag of strawberries this time. I'm trying. Uh, freeze dried strawberries now I bet
1: they're good I bet, I bet they're good I bet raspberry's quite good as well I'm not a massive raspberry no I don't know, guy but... honestly
0: I'm just gonna buy a new I'll buy two bags of the bananas and one bag of something else just try a great. new one every single time
1: great I'm trying to think what the best mm. one would be I imagine orange is quite good but quite hard to get in that shape like the banana it's <laughs> naturally spherical you in it, when you cut it so. exactly
0: you can't sli- yeah. the banana or the strawberry I'm imagining it's pretty easy to cut that into nice biteable shapes mm.
1: So uh, so where do you, just quickly, so the listeners can get an idea, Right, Uh, where do you rate, on a scale of 1 to 10, uh, 10 being the best, where do you rate just a a regular fruit banana? (laughs) What am I, I've never said Uh, fruit banana everyone normally knows what Um, I mean.
0: Well I mean, um, vegetable bananas are a 4, but fruit bananas (laughs) are a, yeah I'm gonna go, like if I'm, I don't eat bananas just by themselves very often. Wow, I am okay. often combining yeah. them with something, so I'm going to go like six out of ten. Okay, and if, then uh, where do, where the do these stuck up compared to the regular? The, banana? Oh, these are these are you know these are an eight or a nine out of ten. Oh wow. 100%. Okay, yeah. then.
1: I'm going to have to right. Well, I let Ellie know. I'm going to have to get some. Clearly, if they're that good, I mean, you've no, again they're, they're there's great. a banana fan.
0: They're fantastic. <laughs> One great. banana fan to another. Yeah, no. What actually says freeze dried slices, unsweetened. These are just bananas that have been freeze dried. Oh, all it's right. Fun. Massive. so now that okay, now that we've we figured out from. what you're snacking on, which is uh, we're going a healthier direction than the Captain Crunch we have previously. yes, involved this is often. this is
1: big. Yeah. I was going to ask you actually uh, for, for Easter. Did you have a nice Easter? Did you do anything for Easter? Did you I didn't. Easter was I
0: actually, I am in a co-ed soccer league, and I was asking the person that runs it uh, if we were playing on Sunday, and he went, "No, it's Easter." And I went, "Oh, <laughs>
1: <Oops>. <laughs> nothing about that surprises me at all because mm. we've missed out on a whole section of chocolate egg chat, which I feel like would have been excellent." But excellent. Excellent. Ah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, now, that's probably the first that that.
0: Easter, probably the first Easter in my life where I did. I did absolutely nothing for it and I'm honestly I'm, I'm okay with that because my family celebrates every mm-hmm. holiday with a burning passion and you know like Easter there's just a bunch of chocolate out everywhere and that we're painting eggs and making certain meals that always go with Easter and so this time for me to just be by myself and kind of forgetting Easter was happening was refreshing what do you make of the Easter bunny scary concept i think that's the first con- <laughs> I feel like that's the first concept i saw through when i was a kid you're just sitting there and you're like really there's a that's bunny, a giant bunny uh, you, mean, you know you know eggs. bunnies bunnies don't even lay eggs ben you know that
1: what, do you, yeah fair enough baby rabbits which i go. assume I have a, our name was baby rabbits um so yeah i was back just just to get back on food quickly i don't want to go too long without talking about it again um I've I've been to America a few times and I've never seen this eaten or ordered, so I'm just curious. I'm sure it's a common thing. Okay. Flapjack. It's a pancake. No, no. What? No. This I knew this would happen. See, I was, I
0: was banking on it.
1: No, do you not know what flapjack is? I feel I know like you'd what like what
0: Flapjacks it. are, it's what certain people refer to pancakes as.
1: No, flapjack is like an oat like a gooey oat biscuit cake thing. They're amazing. I feel like this is the next thing for you to try. It'll be the new Jaffa cake. Trust me.
0: Okay, I've just Googled Flapjack. And uh <laughs> right. in America, if you say I want some flapjacks, you are actually just talking about some nice pan pancakes. But I right. uh, Googled it and I'm seeing a, a an oat square. That oh, is I knew you were the, the, say that. The, it's an you've, oat square. You dumb it down every time you lot. It is well, I'm seeing a flapjack is a bake bar cooked in a flat oven tin, cut in squares <laughs> or rectangles made from rolled oats, fat, brown sugar yeah. and usually golden syrup. So it's sweet as all get out. So it's right up and my it, alley. I have a huge sweet tooth.
1: You could put your your frozen dried bananas into flapjack and I bet it would be amazing.
0: It probably would be. I'm Where I'm just disturbed. I've well, never heard flapjack used in the singular in my life. And that that well, is really disturbing. me
1: yeah we got some for Easter my parents got us some flapjack Wait, right the final final food to so I the, need
0: to try it's it's literally just a square that's the size of a small plate that is oats and honey and so. yeah but they're elite
1: they're so good. it's they're too good it's a problem and to the point where we got some and I, I mean Ellie were like god this is too much flapjack for two people and then someone from our work gave us some flapjack today it's a disaster um it's, it's not particularly good for you in massive quantities and we're eating it right now like it's a job um Right, we've gone to, we've gone fruit, we've gone cake, like Oaty biscuit thing, banana bread.
0: I'm a huge banana bread fan. Yes. That, that being said, we are we are boys. Absolutely. Sorry. The the the, the bonding <laughs> over banana bread. I I hmm. will say that part of my illusion about banana bread was smashed. What? When I so I always like when you're a kid, right, and you're eating banana bread, and you're just like, oh, it's bananas and bread, cool. Right, I had a significant other who liked to bake back in the day,
1: oh, and we good. were hanging
0: out with her family. And she's like, "I want to make a banana bread for everybody." I'm like, "Okay, very generous. We're, we're gonna do that." Yeah, she had seven brothers, and so it's like a big old house of people. Seven she's brothers. gonna make she going make banana bread. Gee, what, she's so, so white. It, it's, Ameri- it, it, it's America. It's uh, America. The so <laughs> she starts making the banana bread, and she just starts dumping like five metric tons of sugar and like all yeah. this other, and you know like milk and sugar and all this other stuff and in, in in there and like this little cinnamon and i'm like when are the bananas <laughs> like when <are> the <laughs> bananas go into the banana bread it's like right at the end you've already baked this like this bread and all this the, the mix is already made and then you just dump a few bananas in there and then call I it a like day ban- I feel, like, when i
1: make banana bread bananas are the first thing i tend to deal with I'm a, I'm an there are a lot of maker. things in
0: banana bread that are not bananas, and that that was kind of earth shattering to me. Even though I was in college at the time, I was like, "Really?"
1: Oh, it depends how you do it. Really, I feel like the, the most common ingredient, the most important ingredient, is the banana, though.
0: Yeah, well, I, I mean, it's the namesake, and it's the most obvious thing you see when you're eating the bread. Mm. But there's a lot it's of excellent. stuff in that bread that it's like you're baking a cake with bananas in it.
1: It was very common. Like it was very well. You can use, but you can use bananas for loads of stuff, can't you? Same way you can use yogurt for like loads of stuff as well. Anyway. um banana bread was very common in the uk everyone was making banana bread during lockdown during covid it became <sighs> like a go-to thing but i'd already mastered it years before so i was quite i came to my own frankly i was giving everyone a banana bread yeah, great, just, wow super spreading with banana do, bread yeah. ben, unbelievable no, no 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 no, not super spread no speaking of covid i reckon i've definitely had it by the way because i went to london last weekend and i was in some of the busiest places possible in london for those that are local i went to borough market which is amazing but equally crammed full of people at lunchtime uh then surrounded myself in soho which is where like again a lot of the, it's like the middle of london um loads of people about got got recognized so that was nice and then hugged the person like it was normal again he could have been he could have had it but the fact that i didn't get it has made me convinced that you know when i was ill at the start of football manager 2022 hmm. yeah that was covid definitely had it definitely
0: Anyway. I I have had it once, confirmed by science.
1: Yeah, a week after saying you've not had it and you were no, fine. it's just kind of, well, well, the
0: thing is, so that I I had dodged it so effectively because one, I was in grad school while it was going on. We got tested every week. We were mat. We had we were like required legally to wear masks everywhere, yeah. and like in class and everything. So it was fine. And then I had to go to the Bahamas for work. And I really didn't want to miss that. And I had to test negative like a couple days before. And so I I did all that. Then my family decided to take a trip to the British Virgin Islands. Also didn't want to miss that. Also had to test negative for that. So I was being super duper careful about everything. And then finally, once all of those trips were done, right, which were fantastic, then I went, oh, cool. I can finally let my hair down a little bit. First weekend after I get back from the British Virgin Islands, get COVID. Like, okay, well at least we knocked it out I I got to 2022 without getting it and uh you know I was I would vaccinated out out the gills by that point so I was perfectly fine um but at least I knocked it out you know I can I I can say that I was I was a part of the party finally I've gotten every other plague I got swine flu I got neurovirus when those swept through the world so we're doing okay
1: Ellie and Doug had it as well. I slept in the same bed as Ellie for five days when she had it. And I didn't, again didn't get it. Uh, speaking of the Bahamas, have you ever, ever had Bahamas bread? I've not had Bahamas bread, no. I googled it on the off chance it exists. Of course it does. So um, you're do fine.
0: <laughs> well, do you, let's no, just stay, say in, stay Stay tuned next week. I'm not exactly. Even though I went to the Bahamas for work, it was a college basketball tournament, I am amazed. I grew up in a tourist area, right? I grew up in Florida in Tampa it's got very a lot of similar parks, to Great Yarmouth from, very exactly very similar to Great yeah. Yarmouth in every way yeah um yeah. the the ability of the bahamas to squeeze money out of tourists is <laughs> absolutely outrageous so you pay your bill right if you're at at uh, Atlantis which is it was the Battle for Atlantis college basketball tournament that I was at Ah, And you get dinner, per se. So you get the dinner, and then you get the price, which, of course, is inflated because you are on Paradise Island, right? And so it's like $20 for a sandwich. And so you pay the $20 for the sandwich. You then pay the tip. You then pay the tax, right? The normal Hmm. tax. Then, because you are not from the Bahamas, they charge you 15% on top of every purchase you make.
1: That seems... A, oh, they should really write that in the brochure. <laughs> they write
0: that in the brochure that, it's like, that should, that it's like be a known value it's, it's like a value added tax. So after all of that, so you you know you have your tip because you are in the northern western hemisphere where tipping after your bill is common practice and then you and then you pay the tax for whatever you bought. And then there's a 15% you're not from the Bahamas tax called a value added tax. So yeah. I know different places no have well, a value added mate, tax, but this is very bad, specifically surely. like targeted
1: to it's bat, people, no. Z what? Bat. Yeah, bat. It's, it's a VAT. No bat. What's a bat? Bahamas. Bahamas added tax. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm obviously
0: the... it is. So no, it there's is. That's
1: there. what. It... See, it... well, the listeners have heard it. I'm just going. <laughs> You're talking. I'm just going. Bat but, but it's the bahamas
0: want... the bahamas ad attack it doesn't matter yeah i just because there is... like the entire state of wisconsin was there on vacation and i'm like these people realize they can go to like the cayman islands and not have to pay 20 extra pre- oh. the bahamas just ad markets itself so well like so well shout out to their yeah. marketing department as a nation for well, just doing a this, good job
1: i would love a trip i've never been to the bahamas i will be i will be for it if just in case they were wondering i'm down Never been to the Bahamas. Um, again, very similar to Great Yarmouth. So in some ways, I've been, but um, mm, not yeah. not identical. For those wondering, by the way, we talked about banana bread, COVID, and Z's trip that he went on about six months ago. About months ago, we are recording April two thousand
0: twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, we are <laughs> April twenty first two thousand twenty two. It's recording day. Uh, the same day that Burnley is taking on uh, Southampton. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, we haven't had the opportunity to talk about the news story that's dominating the Premier League, and that is that Sean Dyke was sacked. And yeah. I, I, I would like to just give you the floor on this because I feel like uh, England, Britain at large, lost a hero when mm-hmm. Sean Dyke was sacked from Burnley, like the lovable four-four-two type of guy. Uh, how, yeah. how, how's the mood in the country, and do you think people will ever recover from that?
1: i don't care um it's <laughs> how i feel about it like sean dice is just like a clodder of a man that uh, 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 what's really weird about it is that what you have to yeah people have to ask the question he's been there a while yeah i get the sentimentality behind it of course but do you think bernie will i'll ask you the question with him in charge did you think bernie were getting relegated
0: i gotta be honest i thought they had a chance to survive i think they're very unlucky to be on the relegation no, that's not why i asked you oh did you think they were going to be relegated probably
1: yeah, so from that, if you're the if you're the business owners of Burnley, which they are business owners rather than football owners these days, the the smart choice is to probably try and change it quickly and dramatically. Uh, but what's been evident is they didn't have a plan, so that element of it is poor. But I think that his sacking is like it's not that surprising when you look at all the other teams: Norwich, Watford, uh, Everton, right, Leeds, Aston Villa. Have all made changes. Like they've all they've all done things, and the only team that hadn't. Were Burnley. So it kind of, it felt sort of inevitable. People are upset because it's like Sean Dye. He's, he's part of the furniture in the Premier League at this point. It was like Tony Pulis and Stoke years ago. Very similar to that situation. So there is like a national mourning over Burnley's heritage. But I personally don't care. <laughs> Get them out of the league ASAP.
0: It, Burnley's heritage. Well, yeah. Burnley's playing one of the more remarkable seasons I've ever seen. Because there are a lot of teams that have more losses than Burnley that are above them in the table. Everton, Leeds, yeah. Aston Villa, uh, Brentford all the way up at 12th in the table has two more losses than Burnley. Burnley just can't win games. And I don't no. know, what, what's your takeaway from that? Like Burnley's won four of 31 games in the league. They have 13 draws. <laughs>
1: That's a lot of draws. I think it's interesting because they obviously play a certain way. They've been injury hit, they lost Chris Wood, things like this, like I say lost, sold Chris Wood. I just think this has kind of been coming. I feel like football has changed in that the philosophy of the club has to be forward-thinking and attacking first and then everything else can fall into place afterwards. People kind of accept defending. Well, Burnley don't really subscribe to that. They are defensively solid. They have their systems, but they they almost seem a little bit archaic when you look at managers that would be compared to Sean Dyche in previous years like Tony Pulis like someone like Sam Allardyce right? those, those managers have kind of become extinct in Premier League football you look at where Norwich have had managers like Farker and then Dean Smith sort of got Villa up with an idea of playing again this sort of attacking style the defensive way of playing doesn't really Exist anymore? It's arguably not what fans want or what owners want. It's not what sells in many ways, and it's arguably again that the brand identity of Burnley. So, again, it's always sort of felt inevitable at some point. I think everyone would have said, oh one year they'll go down." Every single year, people go, "It could be Burnley this year. Could be their year to go down, yeah, this, win the league, go down." So, yeah, I'm not that surprised. I, again, he kind of disappointed for the bloke and his family. I'm sure, like they've got a big attachment to that place, but ultimately again football's a ruthless football business and he's a victim of that really
0: amazing he stayed as long as he did when you consider yeah. that you are right all the teams around him when you're down at that part of the table every year there are five I mean Watford's fired like 23 managers this year so uh, it, <laughs> yeah. the fact that he held on to that job as long as he did is impressive they I, fired. Think, I think they've Burn- got more
1: managers than Burnley have got wins <laughs>
0: That's, how, that's, how <laughs> that's, that that's actually, I, I'm pretty sure that's actually true. Yeah, Burnley, four wins in 31. Burnley scored 26 goals in 31 matches. Gotta love that. The 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 thing is, I think his firing, though, I do think if he stayed at Burnley, they would have come right back up. Now, I mean, look at where Stoke is now, right? They've been yeah, down in the championship for a while. Great. You referenced the whole Tony Pulis era where Stoke was a right. They had the on Shakiri going on. They were a regular part of the Champions League, or not Champions League, but the Premier League. I think Burnley could be relegated to the dustbin of mid-table championship now that they don't have him. That's why I think it might be a weird move. I think you just take take relegation on the chin this year and bounce back up next year and just keep your identity. And now that you don't have that identity, I mean, what does Burnley have that mean? I mean, the thing about a team like Fulham or Norwich is going to go down is that they've got a lot of experience bouncing right back up. They don't get deflated by relegation, where Burnley, there's this feeling... That they've been hanging on in the Premier League for a long time, but they don't have that experience of well, we got to go down and fight our way back up now. Where Norwich, everybody just seems to know that Norwich is going to be back in the Premier League, like Hmm. two years from now. They just are. It happens
1: so quick as well. Like for for Burnley they're kind of used to defending and setting up to be pragmatic in defense, mm-hmm. whereas actually they have to change the whole idea of what they are. Whereas you're right, Nor- Norwich do it so regularly. They're so exactly. used to they're, it. Exactly, they're
0: perfect at it. They know exactly what they're yeah. doing. They go up, they get the big parachute payment, they go down, they try and win a trophy in the championship. And then the reward for like winning the trophy in the championship is, oh, we get to go play in a bunch of awesome stadiums and then go down <laughs> again. Like they, yeah. they, They're not going to blow a ton of money to try and keep themselves up. I think Norwich just know what they are. Watford's going to yeah. have the same experience as Burnley, though, because they've shredded their identity trying to save the season and what was kind of a bit ir- ir- like an irredeemable season. I wouldn't be surprised if they went down towards that mid table, but I think Burnley is going to end up like ninth in the championship next year. In five years from, from now, you? you'll be like, you guys remember when Burnley was a Premier League regular? We're going to have that conversation.
1: There's, there's the Stokes of this world that have gone down and stayed down but there's also the Sunderlands and Charltons and Ipswiches that have, have been Premier League sides not that long ago Portsmouth another one right for for loads of different reasons all those clubs have struggled but you do worry with someone like Burnley and it's a matter of recruitment if they get getting a good manager mm-hmm. and they get championship level players that eventually change the way they play then they might be fine but someone like Dwight McNeil is going to stay in the Premier League there's certain players the ones that are quality and show a little bit more than just defending and again it's probably a bit harsh to say all they do is defend but because they do have another side to their game it's just the way in which they approach it we don't necessarily know how good that will be at dominating and beating teams on a regular basis in the championship but we know that they can frustrate teams in the premier league hence that of the 31 games they've played they've drawn 13 as you said before like that is kind of what they do they're there to to stagnate other sides and stop them rather than be this outwardly Norwich have won more games that's 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 the point I would make Norwich have won more games than Burnley (laughs) So and they even got any good players. So, so <laughs> that kind of tells you everything you need to know. Sorry, excuse me, Pookie. Um that's that kind of tells you everything you need to know. But can we look at the other end of the table?
0: Because Oh, that's where you yeah, that's, right, that's where you would. Can we let's let's mate. work our way up. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you build up to okay, talking about okay. Liverpool because the European conversation is really interesting. I think the whole Wolves West Ham race for the last European spot's fascinating. I think it is complicated mm. by the fact that Manchester United might just fall past both of them. Oh, which okay, I, I know sorry. you would absolutely love, but I think I honestly think they could because they just announced Eric Ten Hag today, which means yes. it's a great it was a great day for us to talk about this. But he's not taking over until next year. So what do you say in the dressing room before these last five matches to try and get your team to pull out enough results because they're going to need to win a few games. They can't just fall backwards into Europe. they if Wolves wins their game in hand, and their 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 game in hand is against Burnley. Uh, if Wolves wins their game in hand then Manchester United is two points ahead of West Ham and Wolves uh and if they fall behind both those teams they are in eighth and not in Europe it goes
1: to me like well like if you're a United player you're probably thinking god do you know what I'd, I'd like to get a little bit of pride back but at the same time Winston Harg comes in I'm gonna have to work a lot harder than I've been <laughs> working for the last few years I think like the, again it's, uh, similar to Burnley right United are in a similar position the recruitment's huge and Sen Hag is the beginning of that I think, look, there's a lot of love for him right now because of what he's been able to do at Ajax. But yeah. he's got a group of young players there that are buying in. And the, the crucial thing with a team like Ajax, right, and they're not just made up of these types of players, but a lot of their players are looking for a big move. They're excited for what's next in their careers. And they know that Ajax, based on history, right, is a phenomenal springboard to whatever comes next. Look at Frankie de Jong. Look at, like, so many players that Any, have gone out of anybody, Ajax and yeah. got big moves, right? The question for Ten Hag is going to be, Because when you go to Ajax, you're always expected to compete at a certain level, right? He's got an above 70% win ratio, something he's not had in his previous managerial jobs. Uh, Utrecht is one of those where he didn't have a great time. Of course, they're not a dominant side like Ajax, and Ajax pinpointed him as the man to lead them, and he's done a really good job. But it's funny, isn't it? We talked about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and how he he dominated in, in one league in Europe, and it was considered not to be of the level of Manchester United. Obviously, the Dutch league is slightly higher than uh swedish was it swedish or norwegian
0: Norwegian. i I can't remember yeah i I, think it was molder so it was oh molders in sweden oh wait 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 wait, hold on that's malmo molders in in, molders in in, in norway i'm thinking of malmo which is in sweden yes
1: yes norway we're on it yeah that's why i was getting confused they shouldn't be allowed to exist together that's that's the point we're making here so so there's there was this idea with Sosha that i would never really done it anywhere else whereas Mm -hmm. ten Hag's records it's not that dissimilar to someone like Oli, on paper at least. Again, stylistically, Ten Hag, if you can do the things that he's put in place at Ajax and be very successful, like they've had some decent European runs in that time, then yeah, they're going to be great. But man, the work required at United Wait. to get to that point. Like, oh my word, there's so much they need to do. In there are about 12 players plus that need to leave. And even the ones that you would consider good enough to stay, like Ronaldo, does he fit in? to, like, a Ten Hag style, but is he there, Sebastian Haller? Like, I don't
0: maybe, I don't know, like, the that's, tr- that's going to be super tough. The trick for him, right, is that Manchester United, so he's going to have all the money in the world to spend, but the issue that Manchester United has had is that it's spent its money horrifically, and it's not <laughs> done good business either. So Manchester United is the only club, and this is something I had, I had looked up for a tweet a couple days ago, Manchester United is the only club with a net spend in the past 10 years that is negative 1 billion or more. Every other club in the world is less than, you know, their net spend is, I think, cities is like negative 900 million and so is PSG's and then everybody. You know, Real Madrid's is actually less than negative 200 million, as much as I hate Perez and think he's just an mm. absolute piece of work. Real Madrid does do pretty good business and everybody does pretty good business compared to United because they spend a ridiculous amount of money on people and they get absolutely no money back. Looks like they're going to do that with Pogba too. But mm-hmm. the, the the misconception is that United doesn't spend enough money. Right? They're just spending this money in horrible, horrible places. And Ralph Ragnick, who's gotten a lot of flack for not being able to coach this team, is an accredited team builder. He's one of the people in like world football that is, he plays it like football manager, where he signs on to clubs for a long period of time. He builds them, he builds philosophies and styles and club identities. So he knows what it takes to put together like a working, winning club. Obviously, because as much as people love to rag on him and joke about how he's not a huge influence on the wave of German coaches in the game, he is. And he's perpetually cited as such for his ability to develop styles and clubs. He looked at the, what's so telling to me, because I always lean on people who know more than I do, is that Ralph Ragnick looked at the team and he's like, look, this is like an eight year rebuild. And you just sitting here like, holy, son. like, you know how insane that, that like six to eight year timeline that Ralph Ragnick is saying you would take to get Manchester United up to a Or what do you say? He said Liverpool's six years ahead of us in terms of their process of building a club and getting the right players in and all those sorts of things. And I I trust Ralph Ragnick to know what that looks like because he's done it before in multiple countries in building a winning program. And so it's crazy how long of a road it's going to be for United. And I I swear they're going to open next season on a bit of a win streak. Everybody's going to crown Ten Hag the champion of the world, and then they're going to hit a really rough patch because they just don't have the identity, and the players to execute the identity, what United needs to do is not fire him. Right? Like I'm, I'm serious. Like, <laughs> Sounds you, easy
1: enough, right? Sounds yeah, easy enough.
0: Yeah, if you actually believe that Eric Ten Hag is, right, your pep, your Jurgen Klopp, right, your person to take the team to, well, I suppose your Tuchel too, Champions League winner, your, your, your person to take the team back to where it should be, you're going to have to give him some time because Manchester United is really mm. really messed up and i think a, a what, lot of people acknowledge that what's baffling to me is ragni's gone in there and and
1: there's been this assumption that he'll do the end of the season and then he'll take then he'll, he'll go upstairs as the phrase goes yeah. and he'll oversee everything that ten hag does which is fine but they but they better see eye to eye like they better oh, have the yeah. same ideal uh, ideas otherwise what will happen is in 2 years time ten hag will have finished 6th and 5th and everyone will go well it's Ragnik that's brought in all the players. Give him the job back. That's, that is my prediction of what could happen. There is a world where suddenly he gets put back in charge. I would, I would bet now he'll be the next Manchester United manager if this doesn't work out. Because they'll, they'll go, well, you know, he's the guy. As long as they see eye to eye, like, right, and Ten Hag's bringing his assistant and, and, and all this sort of thing, then they'll have a chance. What they should have done is not spend a billion pounds on players that don't work they should they should have just spent another billion pounds and just bought Ajax and gone <laughs> we are going to have all of Ajax's team and a just few of ours.
0: the entire facility
1: yeah they'll go we'll just we'll just take Ajax off your hands because there's about genuinely there's about seven players in the Ajax 11 that you look at and go they'd be good They'd be good. They'd be mm. an improvement. They'd upgrade it. They'd be good in three years. They'd be sick in a year. Like, and that would be that would be. And then Donny gets Donny comes back and he's like, Ah, oh, friends. They in that scene when there's I don't know. I can't remember what it is. There's a gif of a guy who like returns back somewhere and is like, I'm back, and everyone's like, Yeah, he's back, and that would be Donny as he returns back to United from Everton. So that'll be that'd be quite nice. Ultimately, right? It's funny. I'm in a week where Liverpool just beat them four 0 and I don't like the idea of Liverpool. Winning against the United 9-0 on aggregate is something I, th- I felt like I should want to talk about all the time. But the reality is, like, United's story is so fascinating. Everyone knows how good Liverpool are. Like, it's obvious. Mm-hmm. You only have to watch. Whereas the question marks that, that surround Manchester United continually are, are continually fascinating. And they were under Mourinho. They were under Van Gaal. They were under Ole. And they continue to be now. And, yeah, I'm bloody loving it frankly like (laughs) but they are they're so interesting and and i saw someone say i can't remember who it was someone said like there's part of me that watches manchester united and remembers like the institution of manchester united and what they were under fergie and irrationally and it shouldn't i shouldn't care it makes me quite angry because it's like you're supposed to be the the team that like it's, it's, it's that joker batman thing of you need me and I kind of need them to be because it would be so much sweeter if what we if the battle we we're having with, with City we were having with United, it would mean so much more. But they're so yeah. far away that it's like, oh whatever. Like fair enough. And I guess United fans had that with Liverpool for some time. And City became quote unquote the noisy neighbours. But it, yeah, it's it's a yeah. it's a great appointment if it works. And if it doesn't, nothing changes. And they're back here again in two to three years. Right. It's I think I think it's scary. fascinating
0: because Manchester United was just the best. I mean, for so long, they were just the bet. Well, and they also did something that they seemingly don't do anymore, which is sign good young players and play them. If you know, <laughs> I mean, I know this sound like that shouldn't sound like such a crazy foreign concept, but the, I mean, they just don't sign good young players and play them. They go, oh, you look like a superstar, or home. Oh, Edinson Cavani is under the age of 40. All right. Yes. They brought in Zlatan. It's the same thing. They bring in Ronaldo. It's the same thing. They're bringing in these old guys. Or Paul Pog was in the prime of his career. Let's mm-hmm. go spend a boatload of money and try and jackknife him into our system, uh, right? Harry Maguire does wonderful for England at the World Cup, and they just go, you know what? We're going to drop half our transfer budget this window on this dude, and we can table the Harry Maguire discussion for another day because I don't think he's as bad as everybody thinks he is. He's just not, you know, like your John Terry, you know, sands the morals, but. The, hmm. Like your kind of talismanic center back, he's just an above average Premier League center back. The Manchester Uniteds decided to make the captain and like try and ride all the way home. Yeah. They bring in Aaron Juan but like I I just don't know. They bring in Jaden Sancho and he gets very streaky playing time. I'm confused hmm. by what the plan is at United because it used to be. I mean, think about the first time they bought Ronaldo. That was who they were. They were the team that went and bought Holland. They were the team that went and got like Karim Adeyemi or they they would go and get somebody like Gio Reyna just to throw my nice American reference in there for the day. (laughs) And they would bring those guys in and they would grow in the United team into this force. And they don't do that anymore. They just were basically trying to put duct tape over a hole in a dam and eventually the whole dam broke.
1: I think they thought they were doing it. I think like so when really? when Rashford came through, and, and Rashford like, there's, was there's the last like that.
0: homegrown win that they had. Uh, yeah,
1: but but then they brought Pogba back. I think they, they, it was almost like they thought, right? What we'll do is we'll recreate our identity and what people think it is. Right? So Scott McTominay is an example of someone that's come through and tried. Jesse Lingard came through, and and they were hoping he would be something. Obviously, there's, there's a lot of issues surrounding to put it lightly Mason Greenwood at the moment and he was like the next version of of Rashford and things like this and then they brought in like an English core they were like right so we'll get in these English players we'll get in Luke Shaw we'll get in Maguire right Phil Jones was supposed to be like the the next bastion centre-back for United he was supposed to be the next Vidic or wherever it was and again it hasn't worked out and then they brought in Bruno Fernandes and Fred and players to add a little bit of like European quality to the team and for whatever reason none of it's worked there's no, there's no mesh. There's no par- like think, think of it, right? The only partnership that people talk about is Fred and McTominay, and everyone hates it. Like th- <laughs> McFred, that, but that's, but that's, that's the only thing they seem to talk about. When you think mm. about the old like classic United sides that have one that existed down the left hand side, one down the right, the back two of like Ferdinand Vidic, a central two of skulls and Keane, right? Dwight York. Manchester United were known for combinations. There, there are no combinations. Manchester United right now and and when you think of the teams that are successful Liverpool is a fantastic example right of like the Trent, um, Jordan Henderson, Mo Salah triangle that goes on right Van Dijk literally anyone you put next to him the Fabinho, Thiago thing that exists right now uh, Andy Robertson and Mane on the other side they're everywhere And, and these top sides all have that have that connection in that it's not just the connection is it it's the confidence to know that it's always going to work and so even when it doesn't work, you go, well, it's fine because we trust in what we've built here. Like we've, we've, we've built these connections for a reason and built them up to the point where they become so powerful in games when you play, with then they become the marginal gain in a game against City or in a game against United because suddenly they've got something that other clubs don't have. And that's where Ragnick is right when he says, this will take eight years or six years or whatever it is. Because building those relationships and building those partnerships doesn't just happen. You can't just sign them. And that's where United have got this wrong. So, so what is the solution? To bring in Ten Hag, to bring in four players from from Ajax, and to start again.
0: I think it's. I think <sighs> it seems it's, to be the plan. It, uh, honestly, look at Arsenal. I think it's what Arsenal uh, have done. I, I think They're I think they've. It. I think Arsenal's done this on accident. I don't think teams <laughs> do this on purpose. Uh, but I talked about this on stream. When you look at Barcelona's golden generation, right? And this is not an exact comparison, but when you look at what they got out of. Uh, Xavi and Iniesta and Messi and those guys coming through. I think Messi is somebody that's just always going to explode as one of the best players of all time. Mm. But that larger core that also includes guys like Puyol and kind of Jordi Alba later in it, that came from an era where Barcelona wasn't its best. right? Where Barcelona, Mm. and, and this is obviously, they didn't fall to the depths that Arsenal did, but Barcelona was not winning La Liga. They were not seriously competitive in the Champions League. And those guys got opportunities to play. Arsenal's doing a lot of the same thing, where they were in the top four for so long and then they kind of did the Manchester United thing where, well, let's sign Obama-Yang and let's try and paper over the fact that we can't really compete for the league title anymore. And then at a certain point, you just say, you know what, screw it. And you get rid of most of the old guys that are in the way and you let the young core come up. Right? You let those young players come up. You let them get serious playing time and develop together. I think Manchester United should probably follow that because I think where Arsenal is now, outside of Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal's got to feel the best in the Prem, I think. Because they're sitting think, there and they're going, like, we've got this core of good players. We know are here. They're under contract. We know they love Arsenal. We they want to be here for a long time. We're you know, goal difference out of the Champions League right now. Tottenham and Manchester United are in flux, and Arsenal all of a sudden is in the ascendancy. And with Chelsea's uncertainty, Arsenal could step in to be that that third team with one or two really smart signings to add to that core. I think United I guess- just needs to do that
1: my issue my issue with arsenal is that arsenal have spent a year without and they built a, they built a squad as well which i think i think it's like 21 22 players right now mm. they've got they've got a squad of players that have existed outside of european competition and arteta has been able to work hard on those players but there's also this acceptance i think amongst fans and pundits and people watching and probably the players as well that they're still four or five players away from being that and to keep that core and to keep that togetherness but adding the quality that they're lacking right now, which they will gain and have to gain, frankly, through being in Europe again, which is looking very likely. That's the that's the only question mark for Arteta. Can he ma- manage a squad of twenty five rather than a squad of fifteen with some fringe players? And that's where it might become difficult. And that's because that's where United have fallen down. They tried to create two elevens and failed. Whereas right now, Arsenal have got like a good fifteen or sixteen players, but they're going to have to add to that and remain competitive and keep it. Like like Arteta's job is is still really big at Arsenal. And again, there's still a lot of question marks and and Ten Hag is part of that and Conte is part of that and Tuchel's part of that. And that will affect a lot of what goes on at Arsenal at the same time, but they need to be ready to spring. And I think that's why you're saying they're probably the happiest because they feel prepared to do that. But the question is, are they actually prepared to do that? I think but, so. we can talk about I, Arsenal next time because well, it's fascinating. I mean,
0: I said last year I think Arsenal's going to win the league in the next five years because I think eventually I think thats, that's C- crazy—but we can talk about the next time we've got. Yeah, no, I I think that City and Liverpool, uh, you eventually start to crack when you maintain that level of success for for that long. I and I think Arsenal can walk through that. But what I, I what I would describe to Manchester United is let's get rid of the old dudes. You can keep Ronaldo because he's a legend, and you just don't want to deal with letting him go off your team because then that will just start a giant firestorm. Right. And he is Mm. obviously a model professional who sets a great example and still clearly can play at an incredibly high level, but you, you, you kind of clean house, like, you know, no Lindelof, Mm. no Pogba, you get these guys out of there. You use your Academy and you could go sign three or four guys from Ajax and you could go sign, you kind of the best of the rest of the wonder kids around the world and give them the chance to, elevate united and just finish eighth next year but you're gonna develop this collection of of good young players and the, these teams that come through with these generations do that yeah they, they almost don't have a choice but to rebuild yeah, i guess they that's really their only option isn't it? they can't yeah, they, they you can't just keep they, the there is no one signing that fixes united
1: no, they're about they're about eight, and again they all play for Ajax. So yeah. <laughs> so, so make the move. But no, I'm sure we'll talk about City and Liverpool and Arsenal and then probably United as well in detail in the coming weeks as the uh, the season um, starts. Just right conclude.
0: now it's still on a knife edge. We're waiting for City and Liverpool somebody to to slip, and I, I'm not sure your nerves oh. are jangling.
1: I didn't enjoy that word. Oh dear, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. <laughs> I'm calm. We're really, we're very good, but so yeah. are they, and that's that's the problem.
0: And now, the, the funniest quote I'll leave you with, because we do record this before the network game, and we do have to go to the network game to about five live, Z. He is? Really? Well, is, I find Chelsea incredibly entertaining, because you have Arsenal, who is bouncing off the bottom of the barrel. Manchester United, who's headed to the bottom of the barrel. Leicester has kind of evaporated into ninth. Tottenham is this mess where their manager doesn't even want to be there, yet somehow they're still in the Champions League. Liverpool and City are two of the best teams in the world competing for a league title and Chelsea's just kind of there. Just hanging out. They're not at the bottom <laughs> no, no. of the barrel. They're out of the Champions League and they're just kind of in third. Like, ah, oh, this is nice.
1: Yeah, it's... Look, it's going to be fun. I don't, my my Just just because I've got someone's going to say, why don't you talk about Liverpool United? My favorite bit was was choosing whether I wanted Thiago to have the ball or United because both were fantastically fun to watch. <laughs> uh, take care, <laughs> listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye, Zealand. <laughs>